Welcome back to Off the Bar Podcast. My name is Rafael de los Santos, and I'm here with Connor O'Brien, Alex Gonzalez, Michael Figueroa. Today's our third episode, and we're going to be talking about the UCL round of 16 and the AFCON final. We want to start with the AFCON final. It just happened on Sunday. It was a pretty, pretty, pretty good game compared to the previous finals. Let's get right into it. What did you guys think? So, obviously, it was Senegal versus Egypt. Uh, Senegal won on penalties 4-2. They had a chance to win it early with Mane's penalty, but he missed it. I mean, it got saved. Let's be yeah. fair. It got like, saved. Egypt was, like, that, that, that final was rough to watch because both teams, I like, wanted to win because I, I thought both of them deserved it at one point. Like, I don't know if you saw the picture with the goalkeeper from um, Egypt. Like, there's a photo poster where it's, like, his water bottle yeah. had everyone's, like, idea of where they were going. Like, both goalkeepers were fantastic. The reason why I was 0 0 is because, like, they were both, like, literally, like, great teams that deserve to win. Yeah. And I was impressed. Well, I'm not so sure Egypt's a great team, to be honest. I mean, they went to extra time in all of their uh, post group stage matches. And Senegal won, yeah. I think, every game by two goals. Yeah. I mean, Except the that, final, could, yeah. that could be said about the Portugal team that won the Euros with Cristiano. They basically. It was like, a bad team. I Another mean, one. Yeah. Cristiano was on that team, but, no. like, Cristiano was for Portugal, was side of money, is for Senegal. I'm just saying, Egypt this year is kind of like the uh, Cincinnati Bengals of AFCON. Like, I'm not quite sure they deserve <laughs> to be there. I mean, how I many know. penalty shootouts did they win back to back? Like two, two, two or two three. Or three, yeah. That takes skill, bro. Yeah, that's rough. No, like Especially because the- at some point, goalies like they they've read up, like they know what in previous penalty shootouts where you've gone. And so, like you said, e- Egypt's um, goalie had a Kabanski. a whole like thing. Yeah, of he it, had yeah. a list for for Senegal, but like at some point after you've been in like three penalty shootouts in a row, especially for Egypt, especially for like Mo Salah, like that has to be hard. Yeah. That that also happened with like um in the World Cup. Like, I think Croatia won every game in extra time, and like they won two of them in penalties. I think against England, and I forgot the other one. But um, it's been like like they, that's like a good parallel to this. But in general, like watching the whole game, I felt like any team could have taken it out of nowhere. Like Egypt had really good chances at one point, but Senegal always just like the counter was insane. Like watching their pace and like try to tear apart their defense was good, and it was a close game. I honestly, I think. I was impressed by how Senegal played in general, and I feel like Senegal can actually make a pretty nice run in the next World Cup as a dark horse. Like, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Like, you're getting the Edward Mendy Masterclass. You're getting, like, Mane playing. Like, I think it'll be really great. I think it's a great team to watch the next World Cup. I mean, Senegal were the favorites. Going into the tournament, they were, they were the favorites. In the World Cup, they'll probably be the favorites coming out of Africa. But it's really been, a, like, a really big turnaround for that team. If you look at the lineup, you have Edward Mendy in goal. Like, revelation of probably the last year. Played for Ren. Switches switches over to um, Chelsea. It literally becomes either the best goalie in some people's opinions, or the second best goalie for sure in the top, in the top two. You're saying opinions like it's not a factual statement. That he's the best goalie in the world. Well, some people will say G- Gio Donnarumma, but definitely not. No. For a player, for, for a player that um, is from Africa, and we know how biased um, these systems tend to be towards players that are non-European, for him to even be considered in the top two is pretty great, and he definitely capitalized on that run of form. In Senegal, like like I said, they had Mendy in goal. Bounassar, right back for Bayern Munich, played insane out of his mind for Senegal. Obviously, they have Koulibaly. Everybody's known that. They had him in the last uh, AFCON. They also had uh, Abdou Diallo from PSG. That was really a really, really nice addition. Um, he scored in their semifinal game against uh, Burkina Faso. Mm-hmm. Nampali's Mendy plays for Leicester City. He was in that Senegal team. You also have Kouyate. Obviously, Kouyate plays for Crystal Palace. You have Saar. You have a bunch of BPL players, not to, not to add uh, Idrissa Gay, Idrissa Gay yeah. and then Mane. Mane, dude, Mane was fantastic. That Mane dude, played very well. He missed that penalty, and then literally, like, it was kind of 
set up for him to like score that final goal to literally win it for them. That was like, Dude, that, that's a star. He went the moment. same way as well. He, he did. shot the same side. And oh, he it was it. more down the middle a little bit, but it was kind of the same way. And the goalie dove the same way again. Like, yeah. It, it was it was a good game. I, I was really excited to watch it. Yeah, I, I mean, the, uh, Egypt's goalie, Gabaski, like, somebody has to pick him up, right? Hey, what does he yeah. play for right now? I have no idea. Let's find I'm actually out. very interested. Let's find out. But somebody, somebody, somebody in Europe needs that guy. Like, someone has to be needing a goalie yeah, that, yeah. that plays that well, especially coming off as a backup. He wasn't even their main goalie. Yeah. And it was uh, Senegal's first first uh, AFCON. Yeah, that was... And, like, I think Senegal's manager actually took him to their last final where they yeah. lost. Yeah. So it was, like... 2002. Yeah, so it was, like, his yep. basically redemption arc. Right yeah, there. He, he missed the penalty uh, in the final. Yeah, that was crazy. He's a Against Cameroon. Gabal plays for Zemalek in Egypt. Oh. I'm not sure I pronounced domestic that right, product. but domestic product indeed. Domestic Someone definitely product. has to pick him up. He, he played fantastic that tournament. Very it reminds well. me of um how, like... Navas made like that jump for yeah. Costa Rica in the World Cup, and then he literally got signed by Real like right after. Yeah, but but that one makes more sense because Navas played for Levante, I believe. He was already in La Liga. He was a, yeah. He was a good player, but this guy, somebody has to pick him up. It's it's like you know, like you said, Navas. You also saw that with like James. Those guys go off in a in a major tournament. Obviously, those are World Cups compared to like Afcon, but people have to be looking at Afcon way more seriously now, especially with how good that final was. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of teams coming up in AFCON that like could be really big World Cup competitors. Like Morocco's right there too. You have like obviously Senegal just won. Egypt obviously showed they can get there too. Like there's teams to me that like can compete on that stage and get past like a group stage seriously. Yeah, I'll say that. I I 100 believe Senegal can actually make a nice run if they get in the good group. If it's a really hard group, it's gonna be difficult. But I know last World Cup they they were turning people's heads and they were they're impressive. I I was impressed by them. I thought they should have. I'm not sure if they got out of the group or not, but I, I think they should have. They didn't. If I remember correct. Moving on, I think the most interesting thing about Egypt playing Senegal is the fact that they have to play each other again. 23rd of March, they have to play each other for a World Cup qualification spot. <laughs> so they just played AFCON final. They're going to do a two-legged playoff. They're going to be playing at Egypt on March 23rd. They're going to be playing Senegal March 29th. Winner of that goes to the World Cup. Wow. It's going to be good games. That's going to be rough to watch. So AFCON <laughs> final rematch to see if Sadio Mane goes to the World Cup or if Salah goes to the World Salah's Cup. Salah is going to be out for revenge. And you think in a, you, do you think in a two-legged tie, <sighs> Egypt could, turn, could get revenge? Yeah, I think they can. I don't um, think so. They they were they were really pushing it with, like Senegal was like getting a couple like pretty lucky towards the end because Egypt was really pressuring them at the end of the match, but like you said, you know Senegal was obviously the better team, but. It seems to, it tends to be the maybe Salah maybe Salah and like Egypt kind of just realized like okay like we need to change our tactics and I think they can probably beat them like. I wouldn't be surprised if Egypt wins. I feel like Senegal does have a better team, though, like all around. Yeah, I think it'll show way more over two legs. The fact that it's two legs. Like, one thing is playing, like, coming in with a game plan and being like, guys, you you guys have to work your butts off. We have to try to get this into extra time. Then we have to try to do this and do that versus, like, you have two legs against a team that there's such a huge discrepancy in the skill level. And if you you look at it, like, Egypt, they they basically played for extra time. For one game. You know what you have. You know what you're up against. So that's what you prepare for. Yeah, yeah. Two legs against Senegal. I don't. I don't think so. I think Senegal goes through. I think Senegal's gonna match take it. It'd be. It's gonna be a great matchup. But it's the Afcon final rematch, and it's literally what in a month, in a month. Well, almost two months. Jeez, that's really close. (laughs) But moving on to the second segment and the the main point of this episode, we're gonna be talking about the Champions League final round of sixteen. First legs are coming up next week. 
Tuesday. Tuesday, February 15th. We're going to start with probably the biggest match, in my opinion, in my biased opinion as a Real Madrid fan. The biggest match in the round of 16, Real Madrid-PSG. As a fellow Real Madrid fan, I also agree, but... On, on paper, like, this is probably the match to watch, storyline-wise, too. We're talking about PSG, who has Sergio Ramos, ex-Real Madrid camp and, and legend, with also Messi, who used to consistently play in Real, and then you have Real Madrid, who's been beefing with the front office of PSG over Mbappe and over Richard taking Camavinga from them. So it's going to be, like, a pretty heated rivalry, in a sense, but I, I think this can go anywhere. I just, this is my thing. PSG has been very inconsistent this season, so Madrid being them won't exactly shock me. But Madrid has also been kind of in and out. Benzema's out, right? He is on. Like he was, he was out this weekend. So this, basically, two days ago, Sunday, we played against Granada, right? Yeah, Granada. Granada. They played Granada. Granada, and they played without Benzema. And yeah. Vinicius was out on accumulation of yellow cards. I also think we didn't have Mendy, right? Fernandinho did not play. It was Marcelo a one 0 one. I think at the Bernabeu, right? One 0 at the Bernabeu. Sancho scored in, like deep into the game. Yeah. But to be fair, Real Madrid had a lot of chances. Like they definitely could have won by a lot. But so can Granada. But that just that comes down to Real Madrid's style of play. But the worry is that PSG is very offensively gifted, and Real Madrid hasn't been the best defensively this season. In my opinion. my argument mm-hmm. is this: um, Neymar's a doubt to play. Mm-hmm. Sergio Ramos is probably not going to play either. But that's not even the problem. My thing is Neymar, Mbappe, Messi. That's your front line, right? What happened when they played a, a big opponent in the group stage? They did not come back on defense, and that's why they were getting beat. Those guys do not come back on defense. If you play a team that has Casemiro, Cruz, and Modric, that they're going to hold the ball all game. They're going to go from side to side looking for where, where the gap is, and they're going to switch the ball over and over and over perfectly, not losing the ball. A team that's going to have at least 50 55% possession on you, 60% possession on you, with like 90% passing accuracy, can you afford to have Messi, Mbappe, Neymar just chill and not come back on defense? No. You can't. And Messi has been like underperforming. I think he has two goals in the league right now. He's been yeah. overperforming in the league, but he's been doing pretty well in the Champions League, though. Yeah, I he's think been, he's, he's like been a doing trick. decent, yeah. But in the league. Yeah, I don't and know. The, I would say the league now. is definitely easier than the Champions League, so I feel like he should be doing better in the league. I mean, to be fair to Messi, not to fanboy Messi, but he definitely has like been hurt and he had COVID for like a month. He had like long COVID or something. He was out for like all of December. He also doesn't want to be there. He also definitely <laughs> does not want to be there. No, he definitely got forced to play anywhere but Barcelona. But look, no, if there's no. any match where you're probably going to get the real Messi out of the entire season, it's coming up against Real Madrid. Especially, especially, I mean, they're playing at home first leg. So we'll see. So what are we saying here? Are we saying like Madrid's going through? Or are we saying PSG's going through? I I'm I'm not sure. I mean, let, this is a big at, toss up, my opinion. Yeah. This could go either way. I agree. If we're talking about like historically, Real Madrid versus PSG, the last time they played in the round of sixteen was twenty eighteen. Real Madrid won five two on aggregate. But if anybody remembers those matches, those were really close matches. Then we're talking about one of the best teams ever that Real Madrid. Um, that run of like three four years they beat a PSG 5-2 but they didn't have Mbappe they didn't have Messi obviously Sergio Ramos still playing around Madrid they don't have Doramu or Hakimi mm-hmm. or um, Verratti playing that well yeah the whole team so improved. it's a both teams have drastically changed so there's no historical backing to this whatsoever um, Neymar's a doubt that's the that's the biggest thing Neymar's a doubt Sergio Ramos is a doubt They both of them didn't play against Lille over the weekend Messi did score. 
Um, so that's something to look forward to. Perhaps Messi leading that front line, but there is a big chance that Neymar is not going to play, that Ramos is not going to play, and that's huge. But on the other hand, you have Benzema might not play for Real Madrid, and the entire season, Real Madrid without Benzema has been awful. They've, they've been a shadow of themselves. You've had Vinicius step up a little bit, but... It's not enough. It's nowhere near enough. It's pretty obvious that Benzema's the best player in that team right now. Like He's just playing fantastic. For his age, too, he's like, what, 35 right now? So, Benzema? I think yeah, he's probably he's, 33, 34. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's getting older, he's getting better. And Madrid obviously missed out attacking. Like, but he's great at moving the ball when it comes to passing and finding your players, and on top of that, obviously finding the net. So missing that offense is really makes him struggle. Especially when, like, it feels like Madrid, ever since they lost, like, Ronaldo, that team is, like, kind of disbanded, has always been, like, missing that player to just kind of push them, which I think they can obviously get in the summer, but against PSG, will that show with them trying to score against them? Because PSG has a better defense. They've been playing pretty good in the Champions League, but they've been struggling in La League. So, like I said, obviously I think it's a toss-up. Yeah. Any way it can go. And it has to show. Real Madrid has to impress because Mbappe's watching. He's there. He's on the field. That's the guy you're trying to attract. That's another story right there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I saw the interview. He, he told, I think, Amazon Prime. Um, he was like, I, have I made a decision, decision about my future? Um, he, he told him no. He was like, I, I'm not sure yet. I have to play against uh, Real Madrid. I still play for PSG. I'm not going to talk about an opposing team. So there's some like mystery there, you know? Like if, if Mbappe, like if they go in, and they destroy Real Madrid on aggregate. Like, does that change things? That, that's huge for Real Madrid. It's beyond the, the season. Before we move on, Got I want everybody's prediction. So, it's Real Madrid PSG. Neymar is a doubt. Ramos is a doubt. Benzema is a doubt. It's at Parc de Prince. So, it's an away game for Real Madrid. My prediction is this. With Benzema, I think Real Madrid would pull out 2-1. They could shock PSG and beat them 3-1 if, if what I say is true regarding that that front line for PSG not coming back on defense and being lazy. I've seen Verratti get outworked by Real Madrid a lot of times. I think that could happen. Without ben- Benzema, I think it could be either 1-1 or PSG could shock Real Madrid 2-1. Are we talking about for both legs or are we talking about just the first game? The first leg. I think for me, it all comes down to whether or not Benzema plays. Because if Benzema does not play, Ancelotti's going to have to get creative with that lineup. And every time he's gotten creative, he's put Isco at striker and that does not work. He's put Asensio at striker along with Rodrigo and Vinicius and that does not work. So, without Benzema, I think Real Madrid are in for a loss or a draw. I, I, I mean, I cannot see PSG conceding to, to, a, to a front line without Benzema. I think that the way that it looks so far, basically you said, like, it depends on whether or not Benzema's playing, whether these people are playing, like, these key players. But I think in the first game, Madrid is going to be the ones with the back on their wall, as a Madrid fan saying this, by the way. So, best case scenario for me as a Madrid fan would be Madrid ended with a tie. Worst case scenario, I think it's going to be 2-0 PSG. 2-0 PSG. Yeah, I feel like PSG can, like, it, like I said, Champions League performance PSG has been different. They haven't been doing so well recently, as in, like, consistency with their team. And this could be a big show for them where they have to, like, prove themselves. But if Madrid don't have Benzema, they're going to be playing basically, like, they're going to struggle in offense, and it could be a 2-0, like, defeat because i remember last time i saw real madrid play against psg like they got murked at paris by 2-0 and it's just psg has a lot of people on offense even when they don't have neymar i think they still have um icardi right i'm not scared of icardi i'd say di maria's but probably still you're still, a, at, you still have people there with like di maria icardi the only like person that's afraid that. of icardi is maxi gomez <laughs> <laughs> but i feel like having all these people in front could just make it more scary 
So you got him without Benzema is probably a loss to zero. Uh, so looking at stats like PSG and Real Madrid in the group stage, they're pretty even. Uh, PSG had 13 goals, Real Madrid 14 goals. Uh, I agree. Like without Benzema, it's gonna be hard for Real Madrid. But if Vinny steps up and if Ancelotti does something good with Bale instead of putting like Isco or Rodrigo on the on the sides, I feel like Real Madrid can pull a pull a dub even without uh, Benzema. And uh, on defense, if we play well, I feel like we can hold PSG to zero if we don't have any Militao flukes, you know. So uh, I'm gonna take Real Madrid to zero. Militao's like... a game changer. He he can either give yeah, Mbappe he... free goals or just absolutely put him in his he back is. pocket. He's a big game changer. And uh, like I said, I feel like Messi is underperforming right now. He did score against Lille a couple of days ago, but I don't know. Like I feel like he's not as good as he was at Barca. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Messi. If I had to guess, if I had to predict, I don't think Messi's going to be insane at Parc de France, but I think in the away leg at the Bernabeu, I think he's definitely going to drop a goal. There's no way he doesn't. Yeah. He's going to be like, I remember this place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I honestly just think it depends on if Benzema plays or not. Yeah, given what I know now, I feel like this could easily be like 2-2. Two, two. Like, this one could be a tie. 2-2 two, is huge away for Real Madrid, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I don't know. But uh, this Champions League has no wiggle rule. That changes a lot. That's why it I was does like, change a lot. It does change a it lot. It does. Yeah. I was like, I thought two one Real, but I'm like, ah, they're not gonna. The wiggle is not gonna matter. So I feel like Real are just gonna try to go for a tie or just hold them off as yeah. much as they can. I'm actually. I was actually a fan of the wiggle rule, but I love it too. I feel like I'm that was thoroughly disappointed that they took that out. It made yeah. the game way more interesting. Um, but you know, UEFA does things yeah. like putting Jorginho and. <laughs> Let's not even talk about that. Don't even, don't even bring if you want to, if you want to listen to, if you want to listen to that episode number one, <laughs> just a thing for you. But moving on, Sporting Man City. I think this is a bit of an obvious one. Um, Do we even need to discuss this one? Like this is a wash. Right? Odd makers have it at seventy four percent. Man City only seventy four. That's what I mean, I'm saying. Ninety nine point nine short of like a plane crash. Like, dude, I don't know. Like, there's no way Sporting. If, if Sporting comes within three goals, like goal difference of City, that they should be able to move on. They should take like whoever wins like Juve uh, Villarreal's spot. Both those teams suck too, but we'll get to that. But Sporting just doesn't have the manpower. I mean, they have Paulinho, and I'm being generous. They also uh, they have Pedro Gonzalez. He's he's pretty good, but like even then, I don't think most people that listen to this podcast will probably know who that is. They added Marcus Edwards, former Spurs, but even then, you're talking about a team that has spent like a billion in transfer. Like, and it's Man no, I mean, City. Man City is terrifying right now. Oh, I know. Just Man City been... could play their second unit and like crush them. Like, sport, like sport, sport. There's nobody in Sporting that gets into like West Ham. No, 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 no. Maybe is, Pedro Porro. Maybe Pedro Porro. There is no. There's more people. There's more. People. <laughs> like I don't know. Man City's just been like so brutal this year in like the Premier League. Mm-hmm. But, like I can't imagine any team that's not like probably also in like a high status like Bayern can like topple them or like even give them like a headache at this point yeah Bernardo Silva's been disgusting yeah he, he almost left this summer too dude kind of sad that he didn't <laughs> I'd like to see him at Barca I think he'd be he'd be a nasty man at Barca I wanted him at Arsenal because they also that was a this, rumor <laughs> Arsenal isn't buying anything all right get that out of your head <laughs> so for me I think it's gonna be four zip away victory for Man City what do you think I agree it's going to be pretty obviously on City's side. I could say it's 3-0, though. I'm going to go with Man City 3-0 as well. Bold, 6-0. <laughs> <laughs> I 
think Guardiola is going to be like, guys, don't score anymore. Sportsmanship. <laughs> Wednesday's games. Salzburg, Bayern. Bayern. <laughs> <laughs> Bayern, but with a Brendan Aronson masterclass. Brendan Aronson is not going to do anything. He's the most uh, in the Austrian league. He, per game, runs the most. That's his wow. thing, I guess. I, I'm not sure where that I heard that statistic. That might, not, that might not even be real, to be honest. Dude, I have no so idea what stat it is. nationalism so. behind that stat <laughs> is crazy. <laughs> and Bayern were pretty uh, nasty in the group stage. They didn't lose a single game. Had yeah. 22 goals in all six games. I know the juggernaut. If, if Lewandowski hadn't gotten hurt last year, I hate to say this as a Chelsea fan, but they would have demolished the rest of the Champions League, the best team in the world, I think. And in the group stage, Lewandowski had nine goals over the 22. Mm. Dude, Bayern, I have them 4-1. I'm going to give Salzburg some credit because in the last few Champions Leagues, they've managed to do at least something. I think they'll get they'll get something out of Bayern. Yeah. I, I have a, what what would you call that? I have a distrust for Manuel Neuer. <laughs> um, I think everybody knows that by now. So I'm going to say 4-1 Bayern. Um, what do you got, Connor? Uh, okay. I'll do, uh, I'll say 5-1. Brendan Aronson, a uh, huge assist right over uh, Lucas Hernandez's head straight to Adeyemi. I also got Byron 4-1. Um, I'm going to be the same as I said. I won 3-0. 3-0? Yeah. I definitely feel like Salzburg can pull one. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel. Moving but, to England. That's good. Well, actually a... not England. Oh, they're playing on the San Siro. But Inter, Liverpool, that's a good that's one a in terms of one. transfers. Because you have Robin Gossens just joined Inter. That's Luis Diaz one. on Liverpool. What are you guys thinking? This is going to be a good one. Again, Liverpool didn't lose a single game in the group stage, but Inter also didn't play bad. I think Real Madrid beat them twice 1-0, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be close. I'm not, I don't know. My thing is that um, Sané and Mbappé, no, not Mbappé, good job, Salah. Michael. Mo Salah. are coming back from AFCON, and they haven't played together in a while. How do you think that's going to work? Like, I mean, do you think they're going to have, like, a chemistry issue? With, like, I don't think chemistry is well, I mean, Salah's, I think not, Salah's yeah. not passing the rest of the season, right? Like, so, like, so I can't pass to the rest a, of the season, right? It's not right? a chemistry thing. I think it's like a, they just came back from AFCON. Are you good energy-wise? Are you fatigued? Like, you just played a tournament. Mm. You're coming back into the team, practicing with the team, training with the team. Obviously, they're going to play. They're going to play that game. One of the, I'm, I'm sure that one of them is going to play the game. But they just came back from AFCON. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, Jurgen Club has to manage that. Obviously, they have a lot of attacking options. Luis Diaz just came in. They have Diego Jota. They have Firmino. Firmino might drop to the midfield, and that's for me the biggest key how is Liverpool going to line up against Inter Inter's probably going to come out there with a 3-4-3 usually historically Liverpool struggles against teams that just sit back and defend like what happened to them with Atletico Madrid a couple years ago so I think that's interesting how will Inter line up especially when you have Robin Gussens that just came in you have Chalanoglu who's been insane you have Barella so that midfield battle between Inter who, who have a really 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 strong midfield versus Liverpool who, who cannot seem to find a stable starting three in that midfield that's what's going to decide the game for me it's going to be interesting I agree I think that's going to be probably one of my favorite games to watch Mm -hmm. but I feel like knowing how like Italian teams usually play they play very defensively and counter attack based and Liverpool is also kind of counter attack based also when it comes to playing football we're more dominant with it I think it could be a low scoring game because I'm going off based off last time I saw Liverpool play an Italian team was in 20. If I remember correctly, last time I saw them was they played against Napoli, and that game was very rough to watch because both teams were just kind of pushing back and then trying their best, but they weren't getting opportunities. But I think it could be a 1-0-1 for Inter. 
Like they that just is bold. Squeeze one of them. <laughs> I have them out at a one-one tie just because Liverpool's playing away and because of all the fatigue problems and the formation problems. And who's going to play in the midfield? Are you going to play Luis Diaz? Are you going to play Firmino in the midfield? All those problems that have them at a tie. They ha- if they had none of those problems. I think they just destroy Inter. I think the last team Liverpool played that was Italian was Milan in the group stage, right? Yeah. There you go. And they got all 18 points in the group stage. They, they beat every yeah. single team every, team every time they played. I'm going to be bold. I got Liverpool 3-1. Oh, Ooh. that's not a bad one. Oh. I score in. Yeah. What do you think, Honor? I think it's going to be Liverpool 1-0 just because, like, you're getting these guys back. And I think Liverpool – I think it's going to be, like, a big defensive battle. I think they'll be able to squeak one through with, like, Salah or Jota or somebody. But I don't know. I think it's gonna be like one we'll zero. That entire defense. In general, I think it's gonna be a low-scoring game. Yeah. But I, gotta, I wouldn't I be surprised if Liverpool wins, yeah. though. Liverpool is a like I think Liverpool in general will win the whole like two matchups they play yeah. against them. But I think Inter could take a one at home. But yeah, Inter Inter will be competitive. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think <laughs> the difference will come at Anfield. I think that Liverpool will pull away. But that is the second leg, and that will probably be another episode. Yeah. But moving on to England, finally. Chelsea, Lille. Connor, take us through it. Chelsea, 10-0. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I mean, like, obviously, like, Chelsea has not been in incredible form as of late, even though they're getting a little better, you know? Like, uh, I mean, obviously, we're getting Mendy back. That's a huge boost. We're getting some guy like Christensen's coming back from injury. Chalaba's coming back from injury. Uh, Rhys James should be back in time for this game, maybe? Because uh, he's on the squad for the uh, Club World Cup that we're playing in, not to flex. Uh, but... No, I mean, as a Chelsea fan and as a uh, casual observer of Lille, shout out Tim Way, uh, I just don't think uh, Lille are really a strong enough team offensively to really challenge Chelsea in that sense. So I think it'll be like Chelsea, like, based on Chelsea's, like, form as of late and based on, like, how I think our defense matches up against, like, their offense, I think it'll be, like, Chelsea 2-0. I mean, Lille just came from getting absolutely destroyed by PSG over the weekend, 5-1. They also lost to Kone, who was probably their best player, along with Jonathan Bamba. Obviously, they have Jonathan David as well. They have Renato Sanchez. They had a Ben Arfa. I don't know how how much. Oh, my God, Ben Arfa. Good old Ben Arfa. (laughs) Newcastle goat. Absolute legend of the game. If if they had, like, prime Ben Arfa, this would be a game. But they sadly do not. I think Chelsea's going to win this game 2-0, only because they cannot attack, in my opinion. Chelsea's just hasn't found its footing in the attack, and I don't think they're going to be that great going forward. But I think the discrepancy in terms of skill level is going to show too much. I got Chelsea 2-0, especially since that Stanford Bridge, and they have so much depth. Yeah, I agree. Stanford Bridge, playing against a team that's been struggling recently. They are they were the League One champions, so they could happen, but Chelsea were the Champions League champions. So I think it's probably going to be... I think 2-0 is a pretty good bet because Chelsea hasn't been scoring a lot recently. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a 1-0 game either. It's just low-scoring mm. games usually tend to happen with Chelsea. So I'm just going to say it's 1-0, but 2-0 is actually a pretty good prediction. Yeah. yeah. Just to be different, I want to say 1-0. <laughs> I mean, Lille were league on champions last year, but what right now they're at ninth place. Yeah. And they just lost to PSG 5-1. Chelsea, uh, uh, Chelsea's definitely going to win, and especially yeah. at home. I got them winning 3-0. Staying local, England-wise, you got Man United, Atleti. But this is at the Wanda. At the Wanda? At the Wanda. I feel like this one is also going to be a good game. Not because the teams are doing good right now, but because they're both not doing well. So, like, you don't know where how it's going to go. Cage either. fight. It's street fight, street yeah. fight. I mean, Atleti just lost to Barca 4-2. Yeah. They got slapped by Barca. At the Camp Nou, right? Yeah. They yeah. did. 
Simeone's been struggling the entire season. Players are playing, like, different positions every game. They're not There's organized. no stable lineup. He he almost looks like he should be sacked. I think any other manager probably would have been sacked, but Simeone is Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid is Simeone, and who are they going to get? Yeah, and also think about this. Uh, Manchester United would not be in the round of 16 if it were not for Ronaldo. That is true. Yeah, obviously that that's true. That Man United has been, like like you said, both teams have been struggling. Man United hasn't been at all what we thought there will be with all the signs they made. I mean, they got knocked out of the FA Cup by Middlesbrough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you have Atletico Madrid, who's also been struggling too in La Liga. But I, don't, I think they're still, what, top four, top three, at least? They are. They're, they're, top top fifth, they're fifth right now. Top five. Top yeah. five. Yeah. So I think, personally, I feel like Atletico probably will have the advantage because they're playing at home too. And I think with their aggressive style it might be too much for united because united just i haven't seen united play like really good this year against a good team at least they've always been struggling or they've always been kind of off and ronaldo's not playing his top form or no one else is playing the top form so i feel like Atletico can probably win it two nil at their home if you want to if i want to be even crazier you know what three nil you out, of, you out of your mind. <laughs> United have just... They, their dude, defense has Simeone, been really bad. Dude, Simeone is so defensive. He'll probably stop Marcos Llorente on a free run and be like, nah, bro, defend. <laughs> nah. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Atletico winning 3-8 three, three now. They score 3, they're scoring corners. You know what I'm I mean? I'm just saying 3 because United has just been abysmal to watch. And I've watched more Premier League than obviously La Liga. But, I don't know, I just feel like... I have Atletico Madrid winning 2-1, and I'm being nice. I'm being nice to Man United, having letting them have a goal. Because in my opinion, if it doesn't come from Cristiano Ronaldo or some like outside the box shot from a midfielder, it's not going to come from anybody else. The, the goal, ha- it's going to come from Ronaldo. I feel like it's going to be 1-1. Uh, Atletico is going to be winning 1-0, and then last minute Ronaldo comes in. For a winner? For a, winner. For, for a draw. For a draw. Uh, so I, I feel like... Like I said, Atletico Madrid wins two one, and then Ronaldo revenge second leg. That that's that's my opinion. No, I agree. I think I agree with Alex. Actually, I think it's gonna be one one. I mean, Atletico, or I'll start with United. United outright suck. They're terrible this year. Like I did, it's the nicest. That's being nice too. Like they're, I mean, they're as low as they're on the table for a reason. Like they this play out so far out of sorts. You just cannot under Solskjaer like that team was terrible, and then you just cannot implement an entirely new style of play mid season, especially when it's complex as like. Ragnick's team uh, system. That's why they're not working right now, in my opinion. Uh, so they stink, and then Atletico just outright refuses to score. I mean, it'll probably be like, like what Alex is saying, like Suarez will get one like 20th minute, and they'll just kind of drift and hold, and then Ronaldo will come in like 89th minute or whatever. And just, this will be, be like 1-1. Moving on, Villarreal Juventus. That's now, a good one in terms of transfers. You have Lochelso mm-hmm. coming into Villarreal. You have Zakaria and Blahovic going into Juventus. Yeah. They both scored in their debut. Yeah. Interesting, really, really, really interesting and game. I think Vlahovic had a chance to get a hat trick that game. Did he? Really? He did. He had, he I had think two, he, right? Yeah. yeah, he had two shots that he missed. He's yeah. a good player. That team got that team got stronger. Was yeah. very good. Mm. Before the transfers, I would have said Villarreal wins, but after those transfers, I'm kind of shifting. To be Juventus. fair to Villarreal, they have been really impressive this season especially with the addition of a couple new players and you have the resurgence of like Danny Parejo you have um Capu playing really well you have Danjuma playing really well a left wing came out from Bournemouth they just beat Real Betis who's sitting at third right now in La Liga over the weekend 2-0 oh, wow. and the game will be played at the Madrigal so 
Villarreal we playing at home, and and they're notorious for their home advantage, um, the Yellow Submarine and all of that. With that being said, I have the game at two two, giving a lot of credit to Juventus for the new new transfers because I think Juventus has been absolutely abysmal this season. If it weren't for like the resurgence of DiBala or how good Weston McKinney has been for them when he has played, I think Juventus, dude, they've been so bad since Ronaldo left. So I got the game two two. Um, what do you guys think in terms of prediction? Like I said before, the transfers for Juventus, I would have taken Villarreal. I know Villarreal has been playing well in the league and in the Champions League. They did decent. But after those transfers, I feel like Vlahovic and Zachary are going to step up. And uh, I'm going to take Juventus 2-1. to one. I agree. I think a 2-1 to one scoreline is pretty good. They have a brand new striker. They seem like they might be rejuvenated as a team. Seems like they finally found like their footing of what they want to do after Ronaldo left. So I think Juvent- I think Juventus could take the advantage. Villarreal is not going to make it easy though. They're obviously going to be pushing and pushing because they have the home advantage. And you know, Emery, ex Arsenal coach, is a Man, fantastic. G- give coach. some credit to Villarreal. No, reigning, yeah. reigning Europa League champions. Yeah, they're yeah. a fantastic team. So I think they can make it a really good competition. But I think Juventus can win two to one. I'm going to take it a little farther than that. I think I'm taking Juve four one. Oh. I'm I'm quite excited to see this uh, front three: Dybala, Blahovic, Giesa. That that team's gonna crush in transition. They're gonna crush in possession. Giesa's that might insane. be, dare I say, the best front three in the world. You're out of your mind. <laughs> no, you're right. But I think that when I watch Villarreal, I see a very well coached team. I don't see like an awesome starting eleven. I think with Juve's additions, with who they have coming back, everything. I think I they can, can make it to like you I think down that starting eleven, man. Run, run me down the starting eleven. Who's gonna get him? Coughlin. Coughlin doesn't start. I don't think. Who's gonna first, get him? First of all, you got a goldie Hernan Maruli who was insane in that penalty shootout. He literally mm-hmm. scored. Okay. You have Paul Torres, one of the most sought after center backs in all of La Liga, young Spanish guy. You have Serge Aurier, former Spurs. Serge Aurier, with some experience, man. You got guys like Danny Parejo in that team. You have Samu Chukweze, who can literally drop anybody on that back line. Danjuma has been insane in La Liga. Mm-hmm. Gerard Moreno is one of the most underrated strikers in the world. And they're playing at home. Obviously, I think they're going to sit back and, and try to counterattack Juventus. But I don't know. I think we have to give them a lot more credit than, than we are. 4-1, we'll see. Take four one. I don't. I don't think four one, but I'll take four one. I don't know. Then again, I, I haven't seen Blahovic that much. I agree with you with two one. Yeah, <laughs> I think two one's a. It's yeah. a good scoreline. Definitely giving credit to Villarreal though. It's gonna be a good game. I feel like for the more toss up games, I always try to look at the first game and then be like, that sets the pace for the how the next two game the next game's gonna go. If if I think Villarreal end up with a tie, they can potentially beat Juve because Juve has always had a. I don't know what it is about Juve and the Champions League, but they just ever since they made the finals, they got destroyed by Real Madrid. They've just been struggling to make it back there, and they've always been struggling. Man, ever since you took Mandzukic out of that team, yeah, <laughs> it's not. They have not been like they added Ronaldo. They added all these players that beat them. Like I think Ronaldo and um, the, their center back uh, the, from the Dutch one, um, Delier, right? Delic. Delic, yeah, mm-hmm. and they're just they haven't progress any further than they should have like any that they want and they haven't gone back to the finals and it's been kind of frustrating so i think it's not possible for real route to win because juventus doesn't have a really good track record with champions league recently especially without with losing ronaldo but new signings could always change a team's pace and change the team's momentum so you know it could be interesting moving on to the last match interesting one ajax benfica 
Ajax was absolutely red hot they in the group insane. stage. They were they were one of three teams I think to pick up all eighteen points. You had Liverpool, you had Bayern, then you had Ajax. Oh yeah. wow! You have Sebastian Haller on that team. Led led the entire group stage with ten goals in six games. You had Anthony at right wing, the little Brazilian guy, five assists. He was second only to Bruno, who had six assists in the group stage. If he could beat Barca though, three zip in the in the group stage. Yeah, but it's. But that's. Uh, but it's Benfica. I know you're gonna say it's Barca, but it's Benfica as well. Like. But that's that Barca. That's but it's like Benfica. I mean, you're throwing you're throwing out Darwin Nunez versus like PK, like World Cup winner, double yeah, but Euro winner, six two four winner. Like I'm PK. saying like that's. I know PK is not the greatest. Barca. It's still, <laughs> you're still going to the new camp and dropping three goals. Like, that's true. Three zero. Well, I mean, I think you're forgetting about someone very important, uh, former Southampton goat, Dusan Tadic. <laughs> I'm expecting another masterclass from him. Also, you got to put into account that Ajax has a fantastic manager. They that's do. That's been like, yeah. that team's been great because of him. Yeah. And he was linked to Man U at one point, which he, good thing that he didn't go because that would have been a whole mess to deal with. But I'm curious if he's actually going to end up leaving after. Well, I think he said like he's not renewing. I think that came out pretty recent because Overmars just left too. I think that whole front office is about to blow up, and I think Ten Hag, like, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up going to Man United. Yeah, they had like a whole issue with like um. Over Overmars uh, yeah. did a did a gross thing. Yeah, he did a did, messed up thing. Yeah. So, do you think that will take into account with this game, like how the team's mentality is at? Because the players probably don't really care as much. Yeah, I would imagine like the yeah. That I, can, I I couldn't imagine if this like they take it too much into account. It probably, I mean, they probably like talked about it like once, and they're like, we've never met the team president ever, so it doesn't really bother like bug us too much. But <laughs> I mean, if Ten Hog's about to leave, maybe that's a thing. But I. Doubt but, it is. I don't know. I don't think they're really thinking about that right now. Just like no. Champions League, dude. Let's worry Champions about that. League, yeah. <laughs> no. I think Ajax will take the win, though. Definitely. Where's, the, where's this game at? Is it going to be in Portugal or is it going to be in... Benfica's playing at home. Benfica's going to play at home? Oof. Guys, Benfica got second place in a group with Bayern and Barca. Europa League Barca. It's Roman Coleman Barca. Barca. <laughs> it's still Barcelona. But that that's not the same Barcelona. That's not, that's they're not still Barcelona. putting out a 500... Million euro lineup that was like ninth place Barcelona with injured players that don't know what to do with their roles. Look, man, I'm just trying to say that Benfica <laughs> has a chance here. We're talking about Testergen Barcelona. <laughs> oh my god, you know what? <laughs> hey, Rafa, you a huge Testergen guy? Testergen's a beast. The last five years, Testergen has been better than Neuer. Cool, there's no way we're getting this again. There's no way we're getting this again. Sorry, guys, Neuer is just not good. As a Real Madrid fan, every time I watch Neuer is when they play against Real Madrid, and I'm sorry to tell you, but Cristiano literally dropped like three, like a whole hat trick on him. Yeah, we're talking about like essential we score against Bayern is, like, when we debut. had like the most dominant offensive team in arguably the sports history against a great goalie, Look, but yeah. they could just like Madrid just ripped every team to shred that year. Like I said, that year they won in twenty, I think it was twenty sixteen. They literally played against Juve in the finals. Juve. Did not score more than get conceded in more than four goals during the whole Champions League run. Real Madrid scored four in that final, so no team was safe against Real Madrid. Listen, all I've got to say: who starts for the German national team? That's true. What, Currently, what, what, there's what no way you don't start Neuer. But what, what keeper starts for the German national team? 2018 World Cup, you should have started Ter Stegen. What team? Day. Neuer. What team started Neuer the last decade? What international team? When was the last time? How many? How many uh, starts has Ter Stegen gotten compared to Neuer in the time? That's in a discussion. Like, if you're benched for another guy, Dude, you can't say the guy that's starting over is better. literally caught on camera digging into his pants. <laughs> his decisions don't matter anymore. Like, stop telling me who started for Germany. Who cares, bro? Germany was out there starting freaking Boateng. Boateng has been washed 
We're talking, about, well, we're talking about a World Cup winner, Champions League winner. God knows how many times Bayern has won the, the Bundesliga After this Messi winner. dropped Boateng, Boateng was never again. Okay? The I same mean, way that when Cristiano dropped the whole hat trick on, on Manuel Neuer, I never saw Neuer the same again. Well, I mean, if we're talking about those Germany teams, like Lowe has never been known for his adjustments, so I don't know why you're bringing it up now. Because you said that. Uh-huh. Who started um, for Germany? No, no, I'm, I'm not. I don't joke. With I, I, I wouldn't blame that. Neuer for this. <laughs> it's a very serious topic. No figurative language topic. when it comes to Tristegen. Yeah. All literal. Look, man, Ajax is winning 2-1. They're, yeah. they're going to be Benfica. I agree. I was just winding you guys up. I think yeah. Ajax is going to win. Their attack is too strong. Mm. Ajax is always going to be a warehouse of players for Europe. So yeah. they have the talent. They're going to be Benfica 2-1. Especially even even with Benfica being at home. Ajax is going to win 2-1. What do you have, Connor? Dusan Tadic masterclass, two assists, uh, two one. You and Dusan Tadic. I love him. What can if I you say? haven't listened to episode one yet, Connor said that Dusan Tadic was one of the top eleven players in the world in the last season. Give me a, give me another, give me an attacker besides Messi and Lewandowski that had a better season than Dusan Tadic last year. Genuinely, Mohamed Salah. What trophies did Salah Erling win have, last year? What trophy did Dusan Tadic win? You're busy. Oh, wow. You know what? That's such a big trophy. Broke the calendar year assist record. That's Where? In what league? Right. You're not being inclusive of non-top five leagues, Rafa. You're not trying to glow the group. I'm just being fair, man. Yeah. Salah has to go against who? And then Tadish has to go against what? All Listen, right. you're kind of gatekeeping Dude. global soccer. That's all I got to say. <laughs> you're gatekeeping. He's a gatekeeper. All right, let's put Salah in the MLS and let's see who yeah. breaks the assist record. Yeah. Are you gaslighting his opinion, bro? <laughs> it's not valid. Yeah. Michael, Bar- Michael brought the Hydro Floss, so he's Connor, great bossing. It's all good. You think Dusan Tadic is a top 10 footballer ever? Cool. All right. I don't think he's top 10 ever. I'm just saying, like, I think in the calendar year, he belongs in the starting 11. All right. You're entitled to your opinion. This is the United States. It's, it's a correct opinion. Democracy. It's a correct opinion. Alex. Jordi Alba. Okay. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Jordi Alba. Jordi Alba was <laughs> so much better than yeah. Dusan Tadic. This in is the a lot past of. Past calendar year, but it's all good. I mean, this is really just couples therapy for episode one. Like, that's all we're doing. Uh, we just got we got to work through some stuff. Like and Rafa, I we'll said, get through it. like I said, Alex, Ajax versus Benfica. Who do you have? I really like this Ajax team. They've been playing very well. Uh, they completely humiliated Dortmund two times. Um, Twenty goals in the group stage. Haller, like you said, ten goals is insane in the group stage. I really like Anthony. I think Anthony is very good. I wouldn't be surprised if a top team picks him up in the coming years because I feel like he's going to be very good in the future. Um, yeah, Benfica, they beat Barca, but Barca was not that good at the time. I mean, they are better now, and it is Barca, like you said, but like I look at the past Barca with Messi and all them. I don't see Benfica winning. But like I said, Ajax, very good team. I got them 4-1. Ooh. Yeah. That's, a, that's bold. I'm going to do my first tie. I think it's going to be a 1-1 game just because Benfica's playing at home. They have the home court advantage. Ajax, like you said, is a has been playing absolutely fantastic. So you don't think Dusan Tadic is going to be the <laughs> assist genius? You can, but, you know, I'm going to be more fair to Benfica. They did beat Barca 3-0. They did... You know, it was it's not an easy group to play with against Bayern and Barcelona and still manage to actually get out of it alive. So I'm going to say it's a 1-1 game, but I do think Ajax is a better team. They might, they're going to run a whole circus on them on, when they go back to <laughs> Amsterdam. That yeah, Amsterdam is going to be a different story. Yeah. Because yeah. Ajax is, like, I, like you said, Ajax has been fantastic this they year. They have. Mm-hmm. And Ajax always tends to, like, pump out 
players that they make that are young and then they make all their money back for the year from them. So when when I see this IX team, I, it kind of brings me back to I think it was 2019 when they went to Let's the not talk about semis. That. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> what, what? Let's not talk about Wait, that Alex, team. I don't know about that. What happened that year? Uh, I mean, I'm not proud to say, but they did beat Real Madrid. What? <laughs> we had no idea. Yeah. Ronaldo had just <laughs> left. That team was literally still crying, picking up its tears and limbs from that absolutely devastating transfer news. Wasn't Ronaldo still on the team? No. Not buddy. that year? No? It's okay. I know you're a Chelsea fan, you know. You watch the Champions League a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Ronaldo was not playing, Connor. Oh, I mean, we're reigning Champions League champions. Yeah, it's about time. You know? I mean, oh, I mean, we've won twice in the last decade. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, all the time. it's my bad. How many times have we won uh, again? Uh, like four, four times four, in five four. years. Oh, that's, that's fine. That's fine. I'm just saying. Probably more now. We deserve a seat at the table. I'm not saying it's our house, but we deserve. You a seat know, at the table. to be honest, you almost got knocked out by Real Madrid in the semifinal, the most injured team in the history of soccer. So no, we didn't, because uh, yes, you did. We didn't. My Real Madrid side is gonna banter you. you my Which Arsenal fan you. is gonna say, side is gonna stay quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but like I was saying, as a Real Madrid fan, it was <laughs> sad, but. That IX team was nasty. They yeah, Delit, yeah. De Jong. I just Zier. don't like the disrespect of Modric. Like Frankie De Jong dropped Modric. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I don't like. Look, this is my thing. If a team that's really good beats us, I gotta respect the team and follow the team after that. So mm. IX after they beat Real, I was really hoping they would have made it to that finals. I feel like they should have. Tottenham got lucky that year. I don't know how Tottenham There's got no that far. luck. Like, it's called Lucas Mora. There's no luck. He cut he cut them up in that box. And Luke he... it Lucky Mora. <laughs> there's an L and a U and there's a C in there. You need a Y. <laughs> and a K. And a K you know, like I always say, man, play better, you know? Play yeah. better. You want to win? Play better. Yeah. Mm. Lucas Mora stepped up. Yeah. Did. Saved him. I going to win the that game, the matchup, but they're going to tie the first round because they're in Befica. Everyone's going to be like, oh my God, is Ajax going to actually the real deal? Is Befica going to take it? And they're not going to take it. Befica has a curse too, by the way. I don't know if you know that. What's they, Benfica's curse? Befica has a curse where they haven't won any major European competition since like, I forgot how long. Because there was a person who used to manage or play for the team and he said, and they fired him, and he's like, you're never going to win a major tournament ever again. Are you sure it hasn't been because they just, they're just not good? No, they actually went to the Europa League not so long ago and they were, they were favorites to win it. I think back in like 2014 or something, and they lost because they have a curse. They have not right. won a major tournament since. I can find it. And how how did this curse come up? Let me look it up. Yeah. Hey, we'll well, talk about the- well, Michael's looking it up. Uh, you want to hop back across the pond to our side? Uh, it might be a big game this season just because we're doing a podcast, like Super Bowl predictions. Super Bowl Just while we're waiting for Michael? Just a quick... Uh, this is a soccer podcast. Well, it's a football podcast. Bengals. <laughs> Bengals. Bengals. Evan McPherson. Evan McPherson, Masterclass, Gator Great. So, the Mifika boss, <laughs> back a long time ago, said shortly after they beat Real Madrid in, their, in Amsterdam for, like, the Champions League, the boss asked for a pay raise. Mifika was like, no. And he's like, he, he quit and basically said, not in 100 years from now will Mifika ever win in a Champions League. Wow. And they never, they have yet to have won since. So they're that. still waiting for that true love. They're kiss. still waiting for that win. How many they, years has it been? It's it's been a while, dude. Because like, look at this picture, bro. He's not exactly. Oh, wow. I mean, that's that's also like a Reddit Photoshop. He's, he's like <laughs> Michael just pulled out a meme. The last time, Benfica <laughs> this guy's shooting lasers out of his eyes in the background. <laughs> so basically, um, Ajax is gonna be Benfica, according to everybody in this podcast, and it's mm. totally and gonna be because of this mythical curse. curse. That's a curse. <laughs> The We're a spiritual podcast at heart. Well, that's a great fairy tale ending to this podcast. What a transition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do I deserve a raise for that? 
Probably. You better say yes, or in a hundred years, no episode will be I mean, successful. <laughs> I can't get Tuchel can't be Turks like that, dude. Like I can't, I can't. I'll give you a raise. I'll give you a raise. <laughs> From zero to zero. I'll, I'll, it was like around yeah. the '60s, and like they oh, went to the oh, finals. Still... It's fifty okay. right now. It's like at fifty-two years right. of the curse. They're halfway so there. In '63, they lost against Milan two to one. '65, mm. they lost against Inter Milan one to zero. Wow. Then they lost against Man United in '68 one to four. Then they lost against to some other team. I don't remember. So in what year can we expect Benfica to win again? You know, um, so it's like what 50, 63, Let's say it's like sixty three. So it'd be like twenty sixty four though. Probably. All right, twenty sixty four off the bar podcast says Benfica will win the Champions League. They, they <laughs> lost the Europa League two times in a row in twenty thirteen and fourteen. Twenty thirteen against Chelsea. So Chelsea won the Europa League too. And 2014. Major against, European competitors. Yeah. <laughs> you guys won the Europa League against only Benfica. No other team. Listen, no listen, other team Ma- I can listen think Michael, of. I know as you, you as an Arsenal fan, no other team uh, I you're just playing in the of. Conference League, and that's fine. There's no other team I can think of that you won against They the beat League. Arsenal recently, and I, that's why we got robbed. What are you talking about? I remember I, you short. All I'm saying, respect. Real Madrid bought Eden Hazard, and that was the biggest robbery of all time. And I think that's a great way to end the podcast. <laughs> that's fair. We'll go on forever with the uh, London banter, so probably a good spot. Yeah. So basically, AFCON final was great. Champions League got a lot to look forward to. We've made our predictions. Chelsea sucks. And my name is <laughs> <laughs> my name is Rafael Dos Santos. Connor O'Brien. Alex Gonzalez. Michael Figueroa. And this has been Off the Bar.